Get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. Get ready, get ready for a tea time and filter with your girl lovey tea. Spilling all this hot tea on this podcast street. So get ready, get ready for this piping hot tea. One tea time and filter with your girl lovey tea. Hey, tea sippers. I hope everybody's doing good today. Happy Memorial Day. I am under the weather. I've been kind of sick with the cold and flu since about Friday, but today's Memorial Day and um, this weekend has been very interesting. I've been keeping up with all the tea while I've been in bed and I got my homegirl Emily here on the podcast. Emily. What's up, everybody? So we got a lot to get into today. Um, mm-hmm. but one of the main things we're going to start this podcast is talking about the Denea Jackson situation. So for y'all who don't know, then Denea Jackson is Derek Jackson's now ex-wife. And so she is finally speaking up about everything she went through in her marriage. She recently did a two-part interview series Um, with this podcast called Dear Future Wifey Podcast. And I watched the full two hours. It took me about two days, but I watched the full thing because I wanted to have context for everything. Mm -hmm. Now, like I've said before, when I talked about Derek Jackson, I didn't know who this man was. I had never heard of him until the Bonnet of Salvation drama. (laughs) Um, You know, I would see clips here and there, but I just, I'm not into any relationship gurus, financial gurus. Um, a lot of people on social media are full of shit. Yeah, and they're they are. really trying to pull on people's heartstrings to get money, to get support. And so a man talking in his car about what women need to do or what men need to do in relationships. And the fact that a majority of his audience had no idea that he was married or had children is really disturbing. Yeah, that's weird. Very, very weird. So what did you think about the interview? Like what what parts did you like? What parts made your ears perk up? Um, Well, I will start out by saying in this interview, she is a very beautiful woman. She is very beautiful. She's very intelligent. She's very well spoken. I really like the parts where she got into kind of like the biblical theology. She is very well versed on um, the Bible, very well educated. Uh, So I did enjoy that part. Um, my ears perked up a lot just by listening to, I mean, I guess we kind of know that song and dance, but there's, he's a fraud. He's a piece of shit. How he did her was so dirty. Nothing changes that, but I, I'm going to just keep it real. There's something off with her, in my opinion, something about her just, I don't know if this is the right way to say it. Something about her disturbs my spirit and I don't even know what it is, but she's off to me. Like there's something really, really off with her. And I know throughout the interviews, she said that, you know, she definitely battled depression, uh, postpartum depression, things like that. She's never been clinically diagnosed with any type of like mental disorder or anything like that. But there's Mm -hmm. something off with her for sure. Yeah. And what I want to do real quick is just play y'all this clip. This clip is the one that went viral. So we're going to go ahead and listen to this clip really quick. I became a shell of myself. I didn't know who I was. I actually have a couple posts on my page where I was like, I have a post that says, I knew her body better than I knew my own. Stop. Let that sit there. (laughs) 
You said you knew another woman's body better than you knew your own. Yes, several, several women. I know several, I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. And um, I spent a lot of time, like I was, I, I went in such a, a deep hole where I was like studying these women. I would go to their profiles and I would study their pages and like what they wear. I knew when they were meet when they had met up. So I've, I watched their videos of them having sex. So I would try to imitate that. And recreate that in our relationships so that he could choose me and want me. All right. That's so, so y'all just yeah, y'all just watched that clip. And this was my issue with the entire thing. I think Danea looked beautiful. I love the outfit, yeah. the suit, her hair, makeup. She looked really well put together. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but when that clip first went viral, I had assumed. This was while she's married. This was, you know, what led up to their breakup. That she had recently found out that this man had been cheating on her after all these years and, you know, two, three children later. But when she's talking, if you watch the full interview, this was at the beginning of the courtship. Mm -hmm. That's the part that just kind of blew me away. Like, she knew the type of man this man was. When she met him in college, she was so boosted by the fact that this football player, this popular extrovert, chose her. You know, and a lot of people felt like they weren't a match because she was quiet and she wasn't as quote unquote pretty and this and that. But she allowed this man to continuously cheat on her. You know what I'm saying? And then so much so that she internalized it and kept asking herself, what could she do better? She started studying these women, going to their profiles, trying to have sex in the same manner as these women. This was early on in the relationship. And I think that's what was so disturbing is that, you know, she was willing to put up with all of this for what? This yeah, and then trash. Right, right. And at the end, even when, you know, the demise of their relationship and it came to them getting a divorce, he was the one who left her. Still, at the end of the day, she was not the one who put her foot down. and was like, no, I'm not dealing with this. And I do want to say, I understand to a certain extent, because I get how a lot of women, I'm imagining her in this, this situation, he's the breadwinner. They have kids together. I understand, and I know a lot of people going through this right now, where they're in relationships that are not healthy, they're getting cheated on, they're getting treated like shit, and then everyone's like, why don't you leave? Why don't you leave? And then the man just up and leaves and they're left with nothing. They have no financial stability. They have mm -hmm. uh, no resources. They're just like fucking left with debt, you know, all kind of crazy shit. So I also think this is a great example on, you know, making sure that you're able to take care of yourself as well. But yeah, ba back to her, though, I thought that was really interesting. And I also thought it was very interesting how her studying of these women and how obsessed she got with these women ended up affecting her relationship with her daughter because she said it looked like one of the women looked like her daughter and she couldn't yeah, bond yeah, with yeah. her daughter because her daughter looked kind of like that woman. I thought that was crazy. Yeah, that was. And, you know, the fact that she still caught herself trying to protect him, you know, even I believe it was a year ago when she was going off on everybody, you know, actually it wasn't a year ago. It was a few months ago when they went through their divorce mm -hmm. and she was laying curses on people. Yeah. Bag bonds and all that. Yeah. And it's just like, I believe that 
she was willing to put up with this nonsense because she was just as enticed with the lifestyle. Yeah. As he started growing and the money started coming in, she was willing to put up with anything for that lifestyle. And I've said that before, like a lot of women will put up with certain things from a man, depending on what they're getting out of it too. Whereas if he oh, was yeah. broke or worked a regular nine to five, she probably would have left a lot sooner. But a lot of women feel like, you know what? I'd rather cry in a mansion and in a, and in a, and in a Bentley, as opposed to crying in a trailer park with a Ford truck outside. Right. Isn't that, wasn't that a future lyric? I don't know. Child. Or a quote. <laughs> you want it? What was it? You want to cry in something or an Altima or some shit? And I'm like, well, quit hating on people with Altimas now. Ain't nothing wrong with the Altima. <laughs> no, that's right. But that's the vibe I get from her is that she was willing to put up with stuff for as long as she did once that lifestyle was rolling in. And, and one thing I will say about Danae is that she was very honest about oh, yeah. the parts where she failed about the way that she allowed, you know, him to treat her. Um, she did take a lot of ownership, so she didn't just blame him. But Derek Jackson is a is a Derek Jackson is a classic case of of ugh. Derek Jackson is a classic narcissist. Yes, this a was narcissistic. Yeah, this was narcissistic abuse through and through. And I just feel like the fact that you still have women who follow this man is really disturbing. The fact that he still has female followers who still send him money and go to his speeches, it just goes to show you how desperate a lot of women out here are. That's why I say there's no loyalty with a lot of women. You know, all that sisterhood and we're sister. Mm -hmm. You know, these women knew that Derek was married and they didn't give a shit. They were willing to play the side chick and to play that role because they also wanted to have that proximity to him. Yeah. And a lot of people, whenever she did come out with the uh, fuck, what was it? The bonnet of salvation. A lot of people made excuses for him and attacked her and her appearance and the way that she looked. And it's like, I see why he cheats on it. Mine come to find. I mean, she's a beautiful woman, you know, but they blamed her for him being a piece of shit which is absolutely ridiculous. And I do, I really did like the the guy who did the interview because I felt like there was a lot of times where he kind of kept it real. He didn't really hold back. Like, at, what was she talking about? She got her phone cut off. And he's like, yeah. you know, he didn't say it like this, but he's like, how the fuck you get your phone cut off and y'all got Bentleys and mansions and shit? And she's like, well, we were in a financial crisis. Wh what do you mean? That makes no sense. Like, that's ridiculous. Or then when she was talking about the condo and he's like, that never like rang a bell to you. That never threw up any red flags that y'all live in a fucking mansion, but he has to do work in a condo. Mm -hmm. So I did really enjoy the interviewer and um, how he he kept it real and kind of, you know, brought up very valid points. Like, girl, what were you thinking? Yeah, I think he did keep it real in certain aspects. The part that dis that kind of disturbed me, though, with the interview, it was way too much giggling. It, oh, it was yeah. that giggling and it was continuous. From the first hour interview to the second, that I think that <clears throat> I think that's what kind of disturbed me. And I guess maybe from her aspect, it might be a nervous reaction because sometimes when people are nervous, they kind of giggle and laugh as a yeah, do that. <clears throat> but I've never heard her laugh before, honestly. I mean, I don't really follow her, but I don't think I've ever heard her like actually laugh. That was probably the first time I've seen her just kind of. And it was on very 
disturbing circumstances. But yeah, she was, you know, when she was talking about cursing people, she was laughing. She was kicking and, and getting her life. Yeah, it was just way too much laughter. I, I just I can't get into people who laugh when they're talking about really disturbing, toxic things. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of things that were very triggering that she was talking about in that interview. And, you know, just the constant laughing and giggling that they were doing was just weird. You know, mm -hmm. the topic to me was a bit too serious for just the continuous laughing, you know, where it almost made it feel like, OK, well, are you even taking this seriously? Because you keep laughing. And meanwhile, I'm watching this with a straight face because I'm truly disturbed by the stuff that she's going through, you know. So that would be my only critique of the interviewer. Um, just the, the constant laughing was just a no go for me. But I think this is very telling. Um, I think this is very telling when I say that everything that glitters is not gold. Mm -hmm. A lot of people looked at him as, you know, boyfriend material, husband material. He's very handsome. He has a nice body. He works out. He's saying all the things that so many single women want to hear. He's calling out the fuck boys. He's holding black men accountable only to find out that, you know what I'm saying? He's not on, he's, he's one of the biggest fuck boys. Look yeah, how he's trash. Yeah. Look how he's treating his own wife and the fact that he has two daughters, you know, and the thing with men like him is they'll be the first ones to scream that, oh, no, man, better not treat my daughter like a princess. I got a shotgun waiting for any man. You know, they want to treat their daughters like gold, but the women who wore these daughters, they, they have no problem treating them like trash. Yeah, I think we all know that one person or several people. I've noticed this. There's always someone who's got really good advice, you know, and, and it's probably he has good advice because he's doing the shit that he knows you're not supposed to do. But we all know that one person that, you know, they, they might be in a relationship or they might have been married for a, a long time and they always want to give you relationship advice. Well, you're single because of this or, you know, if you would quit spending your money on this, this and this, then you could save up and blah, blah, blah. You know, when meanwhile, their financial situation shit, their relationship behind the scenes is shit. There's always that person that is maybe good at giving advice. They just don't take their own advice and actually uh, use it in real life. And another thing I've noticed with men like him, mm -hmm. and I don't know if th this could be a fucked up thing to say, but have you ever noticed that narcissistic men, the women that they want to be with, they don't want them to be very, you know, um, not beautiful because she is beautiful, but they don't like them to be very, uh, I can't Outgoing. think of the word. They want them very plain. I know what you're very, saying. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. They're they want them to be plain, very plain. Vain. They want them to be kind of more wholesome. They, it's almost like they don't want them to get any attention. They want them quiet. They want them meek. They don't want a lot of people looking at them. They want mm -hmm. it to be all about them. Right. And it's very telling by the women that he cheated with. Because mm -hmm. all the, even the woman that he left her with, because remember, he filed for divorce, not her. That yeah, woman was crazy. like an IG, a IG thought, mm -hmm. you know, barely dressed, you know, the fake ass, fake tits. She looks nothing like the wife. So while he's telling women, y'all need to cover up and carry yourself. Respect like, yourself. Yeah, you know, like respectable women, look who he's actually running behind. And this is what I say a lot of times, too, that a lot of men will go off and be like, oh, all these IG thoughts, y'all need to stop getting BBLs and breast implants and y'all need to just be natural and stop trying to be like these women on IG. But then I ask these same men, who do y'all follow? 
Do right. y'all follow the plain Jane women who just, you know, speak their truth and, you know, carry themselves well? Do y'all follow the women, you know, who are comfortable with just their natural bodies? Or is all of your followers chicks who've had their body done, faces done? Are they all Instagram models and OnlyFans? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's the hypocrisy that I see where, you know, they want this wholesome woman for the church and for their family. Mm-hmm. But behind the scenes, they're really lusting after those girls. Yeah, the they're treating the, the wholesome girl. one like shit, eating on her and doing all kind of fucked up shit to her, making her lose her mind. Meanwhile, like you said, who is he with now? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part that's like just really sad, you know. But I do. I wish her the best, you know, with moving forward. But it's really crazy that he's the one who still had to leave her. I just find that just insane after she went through this for years. Because like I said, when I initially saw the viral clips, I had assumed this was like in the, you know, the last maybe year or two of their relationship from college. You know, they've been off and on. He's been cheating on her and dating other women behind her back. And so to put up with this for, I mean, close to 20 years is insane to me. Yeah. And unfortunately, this this really happens more times than not. And I'm not going to act like I'm better than, you know, I, I think, well, let me not just say everybody and cut myself out. But I personally, throughout my life, have I, I've done dumb shit. I've put up with shit that a lot of people you know, would probably deem girl, that's ridiculous. Don't put up with that, things like that. So I'm not going to try to be like, oh, you idiot, you know, blah, 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 that. But as I've gotten older and matured and and grown and learned, you know, just from life in general, I have noticed more so than the non that there are so many women, like I can think off the top of my head, at least five or six women that put up with just absolute fucking ridiculous shit whether it's not you know them being the the sole provider cheating abuse substance abuse all kind of stuff and I don't know if it's a self-esteem thing I think that maybe at at the core because I know she had talked about you know she had went through a lot of trauma she had daddy issues things like that but it's very very common for that to happen for women to just cling on to these men that ain't shit like for their lives, you know, even though they'll have kids, family, stuff like that. And that might not even be a financial situation because I know women out there that they're the ones going and work working while their husbands are laid up, not doing a damn thing all day. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is, what's going on. Like I said, I think it could be a self-esteem thing, but I definitely do recommend that people kind of, you know, learn your self-worth, learn yourself and love yourself before you commit to loving to someone else. Because this is a, a perfect example of how low self-esteem, it, it completely ruined her self-respect, uh, her mental health, her emotional. I mean, she was she went through hell. Mm-hmm. I think at one point she was, said she was even suicidal. Like there was a lot going on. And all this stemmed from a relationship. Yeah, she wanted to kill herself when the whole cheating scandal was exposed. And she had to sit there next to him and just play it off. You could just tell that she had nothing left. And a lot of women were taken up for her, as was I. But yeah. then she started attacking the same women that were taken up for her. You know, like I always say, there's never a test without a testimony. Yeah. And I believe that she was definitely in a spiritual battle. Derek Jackson is an energy vampire. Mm-hmm. That's just what he is. He knows what to say. He has that slick, forked tongue, you know. And I just think it's just sad because... A lot of women, I to myself, you know, we've dealt with narcissists and, you know, people who just drain you and, and take every bit of your essence 
Um, and it tends to happen when you're younger and then you get to a point in, in your life, then you get to a stage in your life and you're just like, no, you find your self-worth and you know what you will and won't accept from somebody. And I think part of it is society. Um, we have made women feel like you're nothing without a man. Oh yeah. You know, you have to have a man and there's nothing wrong with having a man. But what kind of man do you have? Do you have a good man? Is he a provider? Is he a good father? Or is he just like you said, somebody who just wants to lay around and play, you know, Xbox all day and sell weed out, your, you know, out the driveway <laughs> and just doesn't have anything going for himself. And I think that's the problem is because everybody wants to say that they have a man. They want somebody in their bed that they're willing to take a piece of a man. And until we as women hold men to a higher standard, that is what you're going to continue to get is a piece of a man. Yep. You said it best. Yeah. So I just think the whole situation, like I said, is sad. I hope she gets it together. I hope she grows from this and she's able to show her daughters better because at the end of the day, he's always going to be a part of her life, right? Because they have children together. Mm -hmm. So hopefully she will break the cycle. Um, of narcissistic abuse. Hopefully their daughters will not choose the same man that their father was. But I just hope that this is a wake up call to a lot of people to know that once again, everything that glitters is not gold. And, you know, while you might be in your situation struggling or being sad that you're single or don't have a man, I'm sorry, but I'd rather be single and carefree than deal with half the nonsense that I see women going through in this day and age. Right. I mean, she even said that she almost not even just that she almost died from malnutrition because she was so stressed and, and sickly mm -hmm. and depressed that she couldn't eat. So, yeah, exactly. It's it's not it's not worth it. Don't ruin your whole life over a, a person that, you know, you think is so wonderful and so amazing and so much better than you. Because I've noticed that's a lot of times the mentality. Oh, this person's so much better than me. If I think something's good, but they think it's bad, then they just they're right and I'm wrong. And I need to retrain my brain to think like them because they're so amazing and I'm not. And that a lot, of, like I said, once again, a lot of that stems from um, low self-esteem. So, yeah, don't I throw mean your life away. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It comes back to self-esteem because, again, like I said, even before they got married, she was accepting of that behavior. And that's one thing that young girls need to understand. Whatever you allow in a relationship, it's going to continue. So you better set your mm -hmm. standards as soon as that man comes to the door. If you're allowing him to have threesomes and bring other people into the relationship, guess what? He's going to continue to do that. If you're cool with him, you know, having breaks when he feels like having breaks so he can go, you know, cheat and do him. He's going to continue that in that relationship. Uh, you know, and I, and I believe one of the things that affected her, like I said, she got caught up in the benefits of that celebrity lifestyle. You know, and a lot of yep. women get caught up in that. You know, now you're living this, like she said, I felt like a real housewife of Atlanta without being on television because he was buying her the bags, the shoes, the mansion and things like that. So again, all of that is material stuff. You can't take it to the grave at all. So would you rather live your life in a mansion in misery or have your peace of mind? And I think now she's choosing her peace of mind. I think that's worth more than anything material. Yep, very true. So now let's go ahead and segue. Um, we have another story that we want to cover today. 
If you guys do not know, there is a lot going on right now uh, with DJ Envy and a man named Caesar Pina. And basically, he is DJ Envy's partner. Um, there was a man named Tony the Closer. And so he broke this story. I first heard about it on Star in the Morning. He was not Star in the Morning. Um, the Star, the Troy Terrain. He's changed it. Star on YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the first people to talk about it this weekend. Um, a few of my subscribers on my Instagram page sent me links to Tony the Closer's video and his Instagram page. And basically, Tony was blasting. DJ Envy and this guy named Caesar Pina, um, who also goes by the name Flipping NJ. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, read to y'all this here. So Tony writes, breaking news, DJ Envy's partner Flipping NJ faces explosive allegations of scamming millions from investors. An investigation reveals a web of deceit leaving victims devastated. Will justice prevail? Stay tuned as the story unfolds. So he also provided receipt of somebody transferring money to Caesar Pina, and they gave him $95,500. Mm. And then um, once this was making its way on social media, DJ Envy ended up calling into his show, and they kind of had a fallout. So we're going to go ahead and watch that right here. And I spoke to Jen and I told him if he does, and I asked him personally, I said, do you owe people money? Does he owe you money? We have an investment together that we're going to sell. He does not owe me money. We partnered up on a property. We partnered up on a property. Does he owe half. It's owe you money, DJ Envy? It's a school. Let me tell you. I, 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 you and I talked offline, DJ Envy. No, I'm going to tell you percent No, I'm going to tell you. can't do that, DJ Envy. I'm gonna tell you the truth. You gonna let me speak or we not? No, but we got. If we gonna tell the truth, we gotta tell, we the, gonna, truth. We gonna tell the truth. Now, now, now. We, we, gonna, we, we, we speaking the truth because I, I tell you everything. I talk to you offline. That's what I'm I saying. told you. Me and Caesar, me and Caesar, we bought a school. That's the only outstanding deal that we have. That school never came back, and that school is not done yet. When I spoke to Caesar today, he told I told him I have a problem, and he said I'm giving you your money back. That's it. So we don't have we don't have any dealings with each other. And I told, and, and I even told you because when we had that conversation, I called him last night. I'm like, "Do you owe anybody money?" Caesar told me no. He said there was people that we invested with that did well, and there was people that we didn't invest with that it takes a little longer. And I told him, "Nigga, whatever you need to do, give them people back their money. That's all. That's all it is." But when it comes to it, that's what it is. And he, and you find somebody else that. That we'll, we'll talk to you on live in a minute to talk to you about the real because I honestly but you, you can but ask you know, listen but you know you know we talked offline though that's why I asked you the question and it's like you know we personally and, offline I mean I know you might be wanting to still not really grow your man under but like we talked offline and we we spoke online yesterday that's why I was kind of upset when you put out a, a picture of me because, and Caesar and DJ's and because, partner owes all this money and I'm like damn my nigga we spoke last night and I'm telling you I would tell you. But you know, I get it. My name on it is a little. You get more clicks and all that. That's a thousand, a thousand percent, it gets more clicks. Right. But that, that's the same thing you do when you call out real estate investors, and then you do a real estate event. That's called marketing, right? You, that's what that, that's part of your marketing. Like we, you we, throwing, uh, you throwing somebody under the bus that fucks with you, that which is weird. But I don't care I'm, because I really didn't take nobody's money, and I just want to tell you the dude that you talked about that that allegedly owes a million dollars. I just got off the phone with him, and the first thing he said was, you know, I did meet you when I went to the office, but. We never spoke. You just said hello and kept it moving. So, you know, I don't know why Tony would say that, you know, you you 
certified that deal or you made the deal comfortable. Like, nigga, we didn't even talk. If he walked past me now, I wouldn't even know who he was. I speak to anybody that comes to my office. But what I would like to do, I would like to get Caesar on there and y'all have a and y'all have a conversation and then you can ask him all the questions you need to ask him. So so you I asked you another question last night because you, you were very direct about the fact that you wanted to distance yourself from from being involved in in, in, in any dealers that you didn't know about with Caesar and these investments. Uh, what what do you feel like you should do as far as your platform responsibility uh, with letting the people know that have invested with Caesar based off your likeness? Well, the, the, I tell everybody, no matter what you do when you invest, you make sure you do your homework when it comes to anything. This is what I tell everybody all the time. You make sure you do your homework. Uh, I do feel like you, you're saying Caesar's guilty before hearing his side of the, the, the coin, which I think is kind of crazy. I mean, anybody can say anything they want, man. I just seen today that I owe people money. I just seen all types of shit. But the thing is, I think you should have that man on here to have a conversation and give his side of the story. There's two sides of the story. Well, there's actually three sides of the story, right? His side, his side, and then what's the truth? And I think before somebody starts saying that somebody owes somebody money or somebody doing something wrong and making an accusing and an accusation, I think you need to have him on in and, and, and clear his own name up. Well, well, I think I think that's fair, but I also and I tried to call you, I tried to call you today with him on the phone, and you said you were you were clearly busy. Don't try to flip the narrative on me because did, did, bullshit. Did, I, I, did really, I not call you? I'm going to really swing it because like, I've been being nice and I've been trying to... You don't have to, you don't have to be nice. Did I not call you? Know, you said I called you 30 minutes. But, but, but you know you're bullshitting too, right? I'm Because the fact of the matter is that you know that Caesar's been doing bad business and you just right now really trying to distance yourself because you don't want to be implicated with it. You know that he's been fucking people over. He fucked you over. He owes you money. You told me last night he owes you money. Like this ain't me making up shit. This ain't me just coming out and attacking anybody. This is real people. And no, this, 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 it's like even like your man, the credit dude, that was a part of y'all y'all whole situation, bro. He he he's out of one hundred and fifty thousand, and Nick was already talking about committing suicide. See, see, you, you you can't play me like I'm the nigga that's just clout chasing and doing some bullshit. I'm really but, talking about people. Credit dude called me talking about he's in fear of his life. Like he like yo, I'm in fear of my life, and these niggas took my money. I got I got seven or eight DMs of people that's four or five hundred thousand dollars, bro. Last night on the phone, you told me yo, this nigga owe me over half a million. Don't do me now. You gonna try to get online and make me look like shit because then I'm gonna come back with it. I'm gonna come you, back. You, with see, this, and this is the thing: you could come back with whatever you want. I'm gonna come back with the smoke. I just got off the phone with credit dude. I just got off the phone with credit dude. And credit told me that you were making things up. I just got off the phone with credit dude. And you said he's making things up. I just got off the phone with him. So obviously. You are clout chasing because the main thing that you did was fuck up is you added my name. And that's what you did. You added my name because that's what you you money. I did the real thing and I came on here and spoke to you like a man. I didn't talk behind your back. And that's what real niggas do. When we have a conversation or disagreement, all that other shit is out the window. And I'm trying to get Caesar on the phone because I called you earlier and I tried to get him on the phone with you. I didn't try to call you earlier when you said, yo, call me back in 30 minutes. And when you call me back, I tried to call Didn't you talk to me since then? And didn't I try to call him with you on the phone? Did I try to call him with you on the phone? Answer yes or no. Don't act like I ducked your phone call, my nigga. You full of shit. Yes or no, did you say that the nigga owe you money? I tried to be a real nigga and talk to you. You did just get the like everybody else. I salute you. I hope you get that nigga on the phone. And I hope y'all clear it up. And anybody, if he does owe you money, I hope that y'all get it. And I hope y'all get it straight. I'm going to do my best to make sure that if he, if there is a this problem, is, this, issue, even though I'm not secure, involved, and you manipulate right good. now, bro. Like, you, have you trying to dismiss yourself from man. this shit that you got love going you, I love you, brother. I love you. All right. Girl. Woo. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to digest. 
Now, like I said, I didn't know who this Caesar Pina guy was. Um, but from what I researched, it looks like he was very much on the Breakfast Club. He was being promoted heavily by DJ Envy. So, oh yeah, he's always standing next to him. Yeah, even when I went on his Instagram page, there's tons of pictures and posts with him and DJ Envy. I have the video of him. I'm gonna play a snippet of him on the on the Breakfast Club. We're gonna watch this real quick. Reasons we haven't been doing these seminars because so many times people come up to us and say. How can I invest with you guys? How can I learn more? How can I get in, in on some of your deals? So you came up with this idea. Yep. Break it down. So I think it's genius. I thought it was yeah. dope. Like you said at our seminars, people are always like, okay, what's the next step? How could I get in a deal with you guys? After our seminars, we never really had anything after the seminar because we wanted to do the right project, right? The right platform that we, because even with the seminars, when you think about our seminars, we it's almost like we're going back in time and saying to ourselves, when we first started in real estate, what was missing? What help that we need that nobody ever gave to us, mm -hmm. right? So same thing with this. Now we have a, a real estate membership platform, right? It's called Flip Number Two DAO, D-A-O. Mm -hmm. So Real Estate DAO is pretty much an educational platform where you're going to have the education part, our real estate network, and the most important questions of our seminars, how could we co-invest in a deal with you guys? All right, so y'all just saw that video of DJ Envy um, talking to Cesar Pina on The Breakfast Club. So this situation is really serious. I have been following up with a few of Tony The Closer's videos. He's had people coming on there talking about how they were scammed for hundreds of thousands of dollars. A lot of people are blaming DJ Envy. From what I've researched so far, I don't see anybody who said that they've given the money to DJ Envy and he's the one who scammed them. I think the main issue is the fact that people were introduced to this man via a major platform like The Breakfast Club. And that's where people are trying to hold DJ Envy accountable. So today's show sponsor is Chime. Good money habits start with your first paycheck. And if you scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. When you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. And with Chime, there's no monthly fees, no minimum balance, no deposit required to become a member. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and it does not affect your credit score. To get started, go to Chime.com forward slash sip slow. Once again, that's Chime.com forward slash sip slow. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit cards are provided by Bank Corp NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC, early access to direct deposit funds depends on the payer, spot me eligibility requirements, and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com forward slash spot me. So make sure to check them out. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me think of that whole like uh, cryptocurrency thing. Remember like with Logan Paul and all these celebrities mm -hmm. that that came out and they co-signed this shit and then it ended up being a scam. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, lawsuits. So um, I do think, you know, I, I get like investments and risks and thing like that, things like that, because he gives me scammer vibe. But anyway, um, I do think that, <laughs> sorry, uh, but I do think that, um, 
Envy is in real estate. They do seminars and stuff like that. So I think there is a certain level of responsibility that he does have when introducing people like this to um, his audience and bringing them on his platform. Now, everybody who comes on the breakfast club is, is, you know, he responsible for what they, you know, promote and things like that. No, but he, this is a guy he heavily co-signed and also mm -hmm. he wouldn't, if there wasn't something kind of, you know, like funny going on, he wouldn't be trying to distance himself. He wouldn't be, you know, doing all this extra shit. If everything was good and it was, Oh, well, you know, it's just investment. Sometimes investments don't go well. Sometimes you don't get your return. If there wasn't no fuck shit going on, he would not say that he was trying to distance himself. And I think that he does have a certain responsibility on who he promotes and who he co-signs very heavily like that. Because, you know, this isn't like music or something like this. This is people's finances. This is their life mm -hmm. savings. And, you know, shit can get real quick. Yeah. And, you know, somebody who comes from a finance background, this whole situation is really disturbing to me. <clears throat> One, when you are a real professional, right? When you have a brand, when you have a name, especially a name as big as a DJ Envy, you have to be very, very careful who you align yourself with. You have to be careful with whose business you promote, especially when it comes to people's money. Like you said, this is not like DJ Envy saying, hey, go, you know, stream the latest rap song. That's not affecting somebody's livelihood. But if I'm telling you, um, you know, to give me $90,000 so that way you can invest into some property, that is going to affect somebody's livelihood if they're not able to see a return on their investment or what they hope is a return on their investment. So I do feel like, you know, even though... I don't think DJ Envy per se scam people. He did co-sign this man. And there was way too many videos on that man's page, way too many times that this man has been on The Breakfast Club just for me doing research on him. And this man is also a convicted scammer. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, so if the regular internet folks could find out within a day that this man is a convicted scammer, I'm not understanding why DJ Envy wasn't able to find out that information and maybe feel like, ah, uh, this isn't the type of person that we should promote. So now it's making me think, was DJ Envy possibly getting a cut of everybody who came? Because remember, this man does not have, he's not famous. Nobody knows who the hell Caesar Pina is. People are coming to him because of DJ Envy. So is it a situation where every fan of DJ Envy that worked a deal out with Caesar Pina did DJ Envy get a cut? Because I've noticed over the past few years, DJ Envy's lifestyle has definitely drastically went up. Mm -hmm. He's not living like the typical DJ. I, you know, when the Breakfast Club first started, I mean, he's never been broke or nothing like that. But, you know, he had a more modest lifestyle. Then, you know, he bought, he was buying mansions. Him and his wife owned several, you know, high-end luxury cars. And, you know, is this all coming from these sem seminars, these classes, or this whole scamming real estate thing? I don't know. You know, that's for them to figure out. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I, uh, now, I could be wrong, but, you know, a lot of times these people, I, I want to say DJ Academics, the guy DM'd him, too. Because a lot of times, even just these promotions, you know, people mm -hmm. who do, you know, oh, I'll fix your credit. So they'll DM different influencers and stuff like that. Hey, I'll pay you X amount of money um, if you give me a promotion and then whatever, you know, I get, I'll give you a cut on. And like you said, this isn't not just selling product. This is dealing with people's finances and stuff mm -hmm. like that. 
So I would not be uh, surprised. And I, I, I don't know. I feel like as, as hard as he's going, once again, if he's trying to distance himself so much when originally he wasn't, he was co-signing this guy. DJ Envy's not a, a dumb guy by any means. He's very smart. No, People very look educated. like you. Yeah, very educated. He knows what he's talking about. He's even worked in sales before. I remember when the guy from Wolf of Wall Street or Wolf of Wall Street came on the, the original. Um, I can't remember his name. But he came on and they were talking and like you could tell him and DJ Envy, they were really bouncing well off of each other. The way that they're talking about sales, things like that. Um, hell, I even you know was taking notes, too. But anyways, he the, you see the lifestyle that DJ Envy lives. And so you're like, OK, I, I want to live like that, too. He clearly knows what he's doing. He's smart. He's working. He's uh, putting in work. He's making money. So I, I'll be taking notes. You know, that's what a lot of people do with any type of business. If I see an entrepreneur in the same field as me and I see that they're doing the damn thing, OK, I'm taking notes. So when he brings this guy onto his platform and shares him to his audience, he does have a responsibility. And I wouldn't be surprised if maybe there was something a little funny going on. Yeah. And, you know, the same people who DM DJ academics and all these other influencers, I get the same messages. I can't tell you how many people pressured me in 2020, you know, when all that free money, PPP money was flowing to promote crypto coins. You know, I had one reached out to me about an AFRICOM crypto coin. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not promoting that to my audience. It's one thing to promote, you know, shampoo or, you know, a drink that might cost somebody $5. I'm not going to promote that people invest their life savings into crypto when all I see from it is a pyramid scheme, you know, yeah. just really looking at how everything was going on back in 2020, 2021, you know, the NFT project. So again, it's about having integrity. Like I always say, our money's not good money. So I'm not going to scam right. the people who've got me to where I'm at, who trust me, who support me. I don't need money that bad where somebody can cut me a $50,000 check and then people who take my word for something go and invest and they lose it all. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. So when those emails come, I just send them to spam, you know, but I also have to hold the people accountable as well. Because I have people who come to me all the time. They want real estate advice. They want financial advice. You know, I should start classes and all this stuff. And I'm not interested in doing any of that. I'm not doing classes. I'm not selling classes. I'm not interested. It's one thing to play with my money. And it's one thing, like, you know, you asked me, me and you have talked about housing mm -hmm. and just different things I've given you advice on and yeah. other friends of mine. But that's because I built a personal relationship with you. Right. I'm not about to do classes, give strangers advice, because I don't know anybody's situation. I don't know if this is this person's last $10,000 or if they have money to blow, that's not for me to figure out. I never want to be put in a situation where somebody feels like, well, I did all the steps that you told me to do and I lost my money or it didn't work out for me. I don't want the headache. So that's why when I talk about anything with finance or housing, I talk to people that I know, you know, and I just give advice to a few and you know, just few people. I don't bring it to my platform. I don't want to know about people's finances, what they got going on, what they want to buy, what they want to invest in. That's between you, your husband, your family, what you got going on, because there's too many people out here scamming with these classes, with this credit repair. You shouldn't have to pay anybody to fix your credit. Everything I've learned with finance, credit has been self-taught. 
It's been right. me sitting down. Even me starting my LLC. Me and one of my friends, she had started an LLC. We sat down together. We filled out the paperwork. We read stuff up. It's like people don't want to do their own research anymore. They want information spoon fed to them. And I get it. Some people are busy. You know, it might be too much for people. I understand that. But if you're going to pay for classes, make sure they're legitimate classes. Make sure these are classes that and, and teachers and people who are doing this, they have been vetted. Because it's like everybody has an empowerment class, an empowerment brunch. People are paying tens of thousands of dollars to sit in these two and three day classes. And then when you ask them, what did you learn? Or, you know, what did you invest in? Where are you at now? When you follow up with them a year later, nothing has happened. I've had friends who have went to these, you know, empowerment classes and they've gained nothing from them. It's like that same money that you're giving somebody to fix your credit. You can do it yourself. Yeah, we have we have infinite information at the palm of our hand where we can we can research, we can look into things like use that information. And I have learned uh, and I didn't realize how gullible some people are like, you know, you think, okay, younger, whatever. But Mm -hmm. I I didn't realize how many older people and, and, you know, that's why the older, you know, the older generation of people are like usually the, the highest um, number of people who end up getting scammed, you know, they, they yeah. prey on the elderly and things like that. But a lot of people, even around like our age range is very, are they're very, very gullible. Like if you say the right things, I remember when I was in beauty school, this lady came in and I ain't hating on Mary Kay. They've been around a really long time, but this lady's in the class. She's telling us about how you can make a hundred thousand dollars a year and drive a pink Cadillac. And I mean, there was so many people, grown women in that class buying into this shit. And I'm like, do y'all really think that's real? Like, if that was the case, everybody would be fucking doing that. That's not, like you said, what glitters is not always gold and money does not, there are ways to make quick money, but for the most part, it's not as easy. If it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Right. And, and that's the thing too, is I'm listening to some of these stories. It's crazy to me. And it just lets me know that a lot of people do not understand how money works. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. biggest issue that I'm seeing when you have people saying that they were expecting a 20% ROI on, on a, you know what I'm saying? On an investment is insane. And they're expecting an ROI is a return on investment. They were expecting to make upwards of 250 K in five months. That's not how a flip works. That's not how money works. When you talk to any financial advisor, CPA, um, people who really understand finance, you are lucky if you can make a five to 10% return on your investment in a year, let alone Mm. five months. And then on top of that, when you're talking about flipping homes and buying property, like right now, you know, I'm going through a lot of stuff with the new build. Mm -hmm. This has been a year and a half process. Right. So you're and this is something that we poured concrete. We, we're building from the ground up. When you're talking about a flip one, you have to do demo. You have to basically demo out, gut out the house that costs thousands of dollars, you know, hours, man hours, people that you have to pay. And then from there, you have to figure out, you know, how you guys are going to drop the new plans, what you guys want in the home. Then you have to pay for like all of the appliances, the wall, the material to rebuild the home. That's not going to be done in five months. Mm -mm. So I'm just like really shocked at how people feel like, well, if I just hand you 100K of my money in five months, I'll have 250K. It does not work like that. And if you don't understand how real estate works, if you don't understand 
<clears throat> the work, the time, the money, the stress that it goes into building a home, flipping a home, that's not the right line of work for you to invest your money in. At that point, what you need to do is just put your money in a high yield you know, interest account or go buy some stocks and bonds and call it a day. Because from what I'm seeing is you have a lot of people who are looking at Caesar Pina's lifestyle and DJ Envy's lifestyle. They want the lifestyle, but they're not understanding the nuances of a flip. They're not understanding the nuances of you're not going to get a 20% return on your investment in five months. That is insane. If you're getting that in five months, that is because this person is robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's the yeah. only way you're getting an investment that big in five months. Yeah, and see, I'm learning right now because I'm not a financial person like that. I'm not into finances like that and, you know, all the 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 little details and things like that that go along with it. But I also have enough common sense to know that if there's something that I'm not educated on, I'm not going to throw my life savings into it because someone that's standing next to a celebrity that seems to be doing fairly well. And to be honest, we don't even really know how DJ Envy's doing. We know what he shows. He, might, I mean, he mm. could be doing great, but we just know what we see on social media, what we Facts. see, you know, how he talks, how he moves, things like that. So he, he could be in debt for all we know. You know, look at, uh, hell, who was we talking about last time? The uh, Teresa Judice and her husband. They was really yeah. living that trife life, living in mansions, driving cars, all kind of stuff. At the end of the day, they had to go do time, like mm. real time. They were scamming. Right. So if it's something that you're not familiar with, that you don't understand, don't just trust someone and put all of your life savings just because, oh, that's a celebrity. That's ridiculous. In what world would anybody else ever do that? I'm not going to give some person that I meet on the street all my life savings because they can pitch me a good sale. People put way too much stock into someone because they're a celebrity. Yeah, they really do. And and I just think that's the part that's really unfortunate. And DJ Envy knows that with his status, it's going to bring people in. That's just what it is, mm -hmm. you know? So I think he does bear some responsibility in that part, but people also have to be smart. Like I always say, never invest what you can't afford to lose because the thing is with social media, people only show highlight reel. So exactly. when they're cashing out on their crypto and I made $20,000 from, from Dogecoin, they're only showing you a highlight reel. How many people get online and say, well, damn, I lost seven grand in the stock market. I don't lost money in the stock market, damn near everybody has this year. But guess what? I knew that if I'm putting this money into that, that's money I can afford to lose. Nobody yeah. brags when they lose. They only brag when they win. So you have to be very, very mindful. We are living in rough times, mm -hmm. you know, economic issues and the scammers are out. Yeah. And you it know? also, it takes money to make money too. You know, that's mm -hmm. the old saying, and that's very true. Nine times out of 10, you, you got to put something out to get it back. And sometimes it takes patience. Even a lot of times when people open new businesses, what do they say? Like, say someone opens a new salon, it's going to take a couple years before they start even seeing a profit. It, nine right. times out of 10, you're not going to get a lot of money back super fast with investments. And I'm not even, like I said, a financial person like that. I don't know, like, like all the, the, the details and things like that. But I do have enough common sense to know that. That, you know, it, it, quick money is not usually the best route to go. Yeah. And a lot of these Internet gurus, they're just the biggest scams out there. Oh, I yeah. I can't stand any of them. They're just, you know, just. And, and the thing is now, I know I was talking to um, my accountant and she was saying that there's going to start being a crackdown on a lot of this. This is why you see a lot of these 
gurus who would pay for advertisement on YouTube and even the people that CoffeeZilla and a lot of those um, guru busters um, are talking about a lot of these people, they're coming after them. All these people that were scamming people during the whole crypto craze and the NFTs, they're coming after a lot of these people because it's so many people that were affected, you know? And again, the, the buyers, the people who are buying into this nonsense, they also bear some responsibility yeah. because at the end of the day, nobody put a gun to your head <clears throat> and made you give Cesar Pina a hundred K of your savings, you know, but that's the type of money that people will jump off of a building over. When they feel like they yeah. have nothing else and they can't pay their debts and their families are struggling. So it's sad. I just want people to be really smart and to understand just because you see somebody on television or you know them from the radio, they're an influencer, does not mean you know every aspect of their life. And if somebody's making it seem so easy, it's usually not. Right. You know, like DJ Envy's wealth, he's an exception. Him having all those cars and mansions. That's an exception to the rule. That is not the norm. Yeah, I don't know why it, this is such a random thought, but it makes me think of those. Um, you remember when you were a kid and you would like fall asleep and you'd wake up and you'd see like these as the as seen on TV, all these like little inventions mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it was always like these things that it was like, man, that would make my life so much easier. You know, it was like a, a pan or a, a hair tool or something. And people would like buy this shit and then it would be just crappy. And it's like if something like this was so easy to acquire and to use, like, don't you think someone thought of this before if it would really if it really works that great it would be everywhere everybody would be fucking doing it but it doesn't that's why it's not common some people yeah. are just really good at um you know finessing and selling and like i said back to the guy on you know wolf of wall street it was all about sales and how you sell to now he had a little bit more you know that he was doing but uh I'm sure laws and shit were dead. That was a really good movie, by the way. But uh, anyways, um, you know, he was a fucking scammer. And there's still people to this day that, you know, have not gotten their money back from that dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the scams out here are real. And it's just it's really sad because you have people, you know, who who, who want money, who want to, you know, everybody talks about generational wealth and wealth building and becoming a millionaire. And you see all these young kids on YouTube who are, you know, influencers and they're worth 25 million and this, this and that. And, you know, again, these are the exceptions. It's not the rule. And yeah. one of the ways that people obtain wealth is by buying property. But it's not going to be where you need a middleman. That's what I don't understand. Like if y'all, if you have a hundred k to invest, why are you going through a middleman like Caesar Pina? Go apply right. for an FHA loan. Give them what you have right now is three percent. And the thing is, y'all are not even walking through the property. They're not even knowing what he bought. Did he buy a, a shack in the middle of South Carolina? Buy a piece of land. He's, yeah, he's you know, taking TIs, boy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Like, people were just giving him money in hopes that he would do right. And people just have to be smarter. You don't need a middleman for the most basic stuff. And really, if you really want to, like, know more about finance and learn real estate, your best bet is to find a mentor. You know, go to meetings in your community, you know, and, and find out, you know, how you can go down to City Hall, find out who you can talk to about buying property and things like that. You're better off finding a mentor and people who really understand real estate, who are not going to charge you an arm and a leg, who just really want to mentor you, than giving 100 grand to somebody that you only know on the Internet. 
Yeah, and I have to ask because I'm just I see it all the time. Like I see different, uh, I mean, pretty pretty well known influencers promoting shit like this, and you know, obviously, I, I don't find it. What the hell is this? I'll fix your credit shit because I've always assumed that okay, if your credit isn't great, you need to pay your debt off. You know, your your credit ratio needs to be to a certain percentage. Um, you know, you just you, you do your research, you get on credit karma, you know, all that stuff. What what the fuck are these credit fixing people like? What are they even doing? How do you just give somebody money and then they fix your credit? What they're basically doing is what you can do yourself. What they're doing is pulling up your credit report and then they're going through making the calls and they're doing SIFs, which is a settlement in full. So the money that you paid them, so you might pay them $5,000 to fix your credit. But what they're not realizing is that the scammers are just doing a SIF. They're doing a settlement in full because a lot of these collection agencies, they know they're nine, nine times out of 10, they're not going to get the full amount owed. So let's say you owe $2,000 on a phone bill that you chose not to pay. The debt is only going to last seven years before it falls off. So whatever they can get, whatever pennies they can get on the dollar, especially if it's in third party collections, they're willing to take it. So there, so while you paid them 5,000 thinking you have all this debt on your credit, they're probably only giving that collection agency two, $300 to get that removed off of your credit report. So mm. they're doing, you know, they are cleaning up people's credit and they're taking things off their credit, but these people could do it for free if they understood how to do it. And I did a whole credit series years ago where I talked about this. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm, yeah. So it's very like, helpful, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then when they decide like, oh, my God, I want to buy a home. Oh, my God, I want a car. But my credit is shot. Then they get desperate and they pay all this money to these credit fixers when they really could do it themselves. You really can negotiate your own debt, you know. But, um, yeah, it's a hustle. It's just for people who don't have time or who don't know what to do. And so they go in and they get things off your credit for pennies on the dollar, but you're paying them five, six, seven thousand bucks. And so if I'm doing that for you and your whole friend group, I just walked away with thirty, forty thousand dollars. You know, so these credit gurus were making really good money, um, you know, doing this because again, you had people on Clubhouse and on Twitter Live and you know, all that stuff. They're talking about, you know, fixing your credit, building generational wealth and buying houses and you know, being financially secure. So people are hearing all this motivational talk, and that's why they're getting suckered in and, and willing to like pay all this money when they technically don't have to pay all this money to a middleman. They could do it themselves. Good to know. Yes, ma'am. We learning shit over here. Because <laughs> I was wondering, honey. Mm-hmm. No, it's Damn. just the truth. Like I said, um, you know, and even like with the stuff I know, I, I've known because I've been in this world for years. It's all stuff I've learned. I've taught myself. There's been bumps and bruises along the way, you know, but again, my failures or my successes are on me. It's yeah, not and it, it took else. time too, though, right? Like yeah. it didn't just happen in six months, like you know, no. like these people are saying it. It's been time of you really putting in a lot of work and um effort and mental energy that you were in learning, and like you said, bumps and bruises. It, it doesn't like like we were saying, most stuff that happens that's good nine times out of ten does not happen overnight. You got to put work in. Yeah. 
And and that's the thing too. You have to have the capital. So that's why I'm surprised with all these people who have the capital. I mean, handing over somebody ninety thousand dollars, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, that is a lot of money. Girl. That is, you know, some people's entire life savings. So if you can just hand that over, you gotta be smart with your money because you know, people are giving this man that much money. When you get a, a construction loan, they don't even ask for that much money. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking you know, money. I wish a damn homeowner construction loan company would ask me for that right up front. That's yeah, that's insane. wild. Yeah, they only ask you for 10%. So as I'm listening to these people talk, I'm just blown away. But then I'm realizing they they don't know. People don't know what they don't know. So, you know, yeah, I mean, at one, get their money. Right, at one point in time now, the market has changed significantly since 2020 but mm -hmm. we'll just say 2019 uh in the area i live in at one point in time you could buy a decent house like i'm not even talking about like a piece of shit house like a pretty decent house for that amount of money yeah that's what i'm saying like with all the money they were giving this man they really could have just went and bought their own property and it didn't have to be in new jersey I mean, if it's too expensive in Jersey, they could go to Delaware. They could go down south, you know. So I, I just think people have to be really smart and protective of their finances and, and read up. If you want to get into real estate, read up. The information is out there. We live in a world where information is at your fingertips and you don't have to pay little, if anything, for it. You know, That's I mean, if you want to go to a class and you can find a good guru person who knows what they're talking about, then, you know, bless you. But a lot of these people be out here scamming. So I just want people to be safe and understand. But that's why I refuse to do classes. I don't want to get mixed up in none of this because you don't know people's mentalities when they're going to these classes. Some people feel like, OK, well, now that I'm taking this class, all the doors will open up for me and, you know, I'm going to become rich. And then when that doesn't happen, then you're the bad guy. I don't want that headache. So I'm not interested in even, I don't even really like talking about finance just because it's a touchy situation. And I don't, I don't want to be in other people's financial business, you know, when it comes to stuff like that. But I think that if you are going to take classes, if you are going to go to seminars, really vet the people and, and don't invest what you can't afford to lose. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah, definitely. Well, we have been on here for officially an hour. I think this was a dang good podcast. I appreciate you for coming on. Yeah, it was good. It was very educational, I must say. I, I walked away um, mm -hmm. learning some things myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the point, you know, because like I said, I don't, I don't want my, my tea sippers getting caught up in this mess. And it's just sad. Um, but I'm going to stay on top of this story because I want to know how it plays out. And um the problem is if they can tie DJ Envy to this, if they find out that he's he was getting any type of affiliate money kickbacks, you know, it can be very bad for him and the Breakfast Club because the Breakfast Club gave this scammer a platform. So oh, I'm sure could, Rick Ross will be talking about it very oh, soon. He's been he's been going in already. Oh. And now I'm wondering if that was the whole reason for the beef with Rick Ross. Maybe he knew this was oh. coming down the pipeline. So let's kind of deflect by, you know, kicking up all this us with Rick Ross. So, you know, I don't know, but I just find the whole situation interesting, but we'll find mm -hmm. out what happens. I wonder what he's going to say tomorrow. If he's going to even address it tomorrow on the breakfast club, we'll have to wait and see. That's right. All right. T sippers. We will talk to y'all later. Y'all have a good evening. And once again, happy Memorial day. Deuces.
Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.